0: The, the Wah and Low podcast. Hey guys, so before we get started with episode nine today, I want to provide a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, this episode deals with um, particularly sensitive subject matter, um, such as depression and suicide. Neither Danny nor I claim to be mental health experts on these topics. And, you know, I figured I just wanted to give Danny this platform to tell his story and hopefully his message. Um, will resonate with some of the listeners today. And I figured I'd just drop this too. If you ever feel like you're in a dark place and want to talk to someone, you can hit up the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, they're available 24 hours a day, and they speak English and Spanish. Not sure what other languages, but it's all good. And their number is 800-273-8255. Again, their number is 800-273-8255. Oh, God. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Wah and Low podcast, but for now, it's just Wah. Today on the mic, we have my good homie, Danny Key. Say, what's up, Danny? What's good? What's good with you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, man. Yeah, it's weird because, like, you know... I I mean I haven't seen you personally you know face to face but you know back when Boston we were um, we were dancing on crisscross and you know we, we you know the vibes so yeah oh, yeah glad we were able to dance together actually for the first time I think were we yeah on stage together oh damn wow that's crazy
1: <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, uh, right. yeah you've uh, come a long way since your freshman year and I was a <laughs> senior. <laughs>
0: Bro, you always say this every time we're at any Upro party and then I'm talking to someone whether it be like like literally any girl or like any person you would be like this guy, man. He has grown so literally every time. But yeah, I yes, got
1: you, bro. You're I'll, I'm your hype man. I'll always your be your wingman. man. man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My unwarranted hype man. But yes, thank you. Um yes, I appreciate that too. And you know, uh I guess a little preface, Danny has been in the Boston community dancing. Um, he went to BU undergrad, and now he's working in the Boston area. But and, he, and he's been dancing ever since. Um, no, not ever since post grad, uh, because you did a stop in Korea. But ever since you came back, you've been just chilling the Boston area. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, started started dancing in
1: uh, freshman year uh, with U Pro. It was, like, my my spring spring semester. And then uh, four years later, uh, lived in Korea for about a year. I was on a team called Zero Back. And then came back to Boston, and I kind of toned it out with, with dancing just because I want to focus more on my career. So currently on a team called N.A. Ooh,
0: shivers. God damn, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome to hear. You know, you're, like... I mean, me personally, you were one of the first people I kind of, like, knew about. So, quote-unquote, like, as I was getting started in the Boston collegiate community, you were kind of, like, one of the OGs. But, you know, I'm glad we've gotten, yeah, to get to know each other, um, despite, like, our age gap and never having been on the same team. Despite that, we became and remain homies. So, awesome to have you on the podcast, man. No, thank you for having me, bro. Of course, of course. So, uh... I guess let's start off by saying, you know, obviously you're in quarantine. What have you kind of been doing? What have you kind of been, you know, into? Just give us a glimpse as to what your daily life is. Are you working from home or I'll give you the floor.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've i been working from home. Um, since lockdown, it was kind of hard to adapt at first. I didn't know how to take it with all this free time. Uh, I mean, it, it. I still had fun, you know there was a lot of drinking involved, you know, with friends through like zoom or like FaceTime, you know, uh, got into raving <laughs> this year. I'm not going to hide that. <laughs> uh, so we were, we would always be streaming like raveathons and whatnot. Um, but recently, you know, I've kind of toned that down like quite a bit. Um, especially like cut down all the alcohol. Start. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, that I enjoy with friends, but it's really not the same when you're just FaceTiming and you're in your room alone drinking, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, now, I completely understand that. It's yeah. like when you don't have a screen, you're just drinking alone in your own home alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So I feel that, man. Yeah. And then, you know, just uh, like binge eating ended up gaining like, what, six pounds. <laughs> but hey, man. It's alright though. I burn, you know, I, lo- I I burned that back, you know. I've I've lost six pounds again because I started just getting back into shape. Um, I think that's just been like keeping me sane throughout all this, just like exercising. And then, you know, um, I started reading a a book called uh, Kafka on the Shore by Haruki Murakami. Oh, you got it. Nice, yeah, I nice, did. Nice. Nice. So I just started, and so you know, just trying new things. Uh, well, in quarantine, so I'm kind of like enjoying myself right now. Pretty chill,
0: dude. That's awesome to hear. Honestly, I feel like you know, um, I should really check up my on my friends more because you know we are, in a sense, we're all alone. But the opportunity to be connected is you know ever present. And you know I'm glad to see that you're you're doing your stuff. You're finding your rhythm, and you know you're still finding the means to socialize, which I think. Is definitely like so important during this time, but yeah, looks like you've got like a lot of your bases covered ever since you like started quarantine. What book or what website did you get your book from, by the way? Oh,
1: I just got it off of Amazon, yeah.
0: Oh, nice, uh, nice. So, Danny, today, do you want to tell us a little bit about the topic you chose to talk about in the podcast?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I uh, just while brainstorming, my uh, roommate actually suggested me to talk about mental health. Uh, just along the lines of recently, I I mean, I just only made it public to like a certain group of friends, but I've been more open about my mental health journey. I guess uh, com- from starting from like when I moved back to Boston from Korea post grad, and because uh, there was a lot of stuff going on uh, and. It's been. I'm at a good place right now, so it's been like a pretty good journey. And uh, and I thought like, yeah, hopefully it. Whoever's listening to this podcast, uh, I feel like it could be is very relatable to especially those um, people who just graduated and are probably struggling through the same things. Uh, the post grad life, trying to adjust to like a different type of lifestyle, and hopefully it'll be encouraging. Um, so I guess. That's the whole point of, like, bringing up this topic
0: of mental health. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, And honestly, I definitely relate because I guess after post-grad, both of us kind of went through that, you know, changing of environments. You obviously went to Korea, and I just went back home, a home I hadn't really connected with in, like, four years and not having a job. So, like, I, I definitely relate that transition was rocky for me, and... You know, like along that transition, you know, and I wasn't really surrounded by any of my Boston friends, it was kind of lonely, but also it led me to do like so much self-reflection and own analysis and really trying to be understanding of where I was mentally. But yeah, I, I definitely you can definitely expand way more on that. Um I guess as a starting question, what exactly did you notice um about your mental health and and was it was it kind of like a gradual realization that um that something was going on with you I guess I don't know too much because you've touched on it briefly during our conversations but um yeah I, I guess give me some background as to like what you started feeling when uh
1: yeah yeah for sure uh
0: so I guess just to give some
1: context uh uh I used to be very "Quote unquote religious," uh, back in college, uh, I I was a Christian, like a a faithful Christian boy. You know, never uh, never smoked, never drank, never swore, kept my V card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, throughout oh like God. all four years. No, yeah, I kept I kept it pretty straight. Um, and you know, my faith in general was like a huge part of my identity. It was like uh, basically who I was uh, considering like how I grew up. I grew up in like a Christian household uh, and both my parents are missionaries. Uh, so it's, it, it was definitely like a big part of my life. Um, but I guess sometime, I, I still don't know how. Um, I guess it probably started around junior year when things gradually like started to change um, and where I guess I was drifting away from you know my faith. Specifically, I would say, like from the people in the church that I used to go to in college um like i like I don't have any beef with them, I don't ha- hold any resentment or grudge towards them um you know they're really good people, nice people, but I came to a point where I guess it i don't know for some reason, I kind of didn't agree with some things over there, and um. Just, I, you know, like, I kind of felt like pressured that to commit to that church, like fully, you know, like where some, I I know some of my friends there who are like these uh, small group leaders Mm -hmm. would pretty much be spending like, what, 30 plus hours a week, you know, at church, doing church things and whatnot. And... I was kind of like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, this is college for me. And being on UPro, it was like a huge step because it was jumping out of my Christian bubble.
0: So, um, yeah, I was going to wonder about that. Do you think that losing, I guess, kind of your church community... Um, yeah, actually, I have two things. I'm going to ask yeah. this question. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, Actually, I'm going to say first that I can definitely relate to um, that perspective of having the people in your church like really subconsciously pushing for that commitment to God because I think definitely a big thing that I was raised because my mom is very Christian is that like, you you know, we're only on this earth for a very short time. And while we're here, like it's not about the worldly things, but it's about like how we choose to commit to God. So I think that definitely that pressure um, to... Commit full time is 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 definitely, um, definitely definitely a prevalent prevalent thing in the Christian community. And I can imagine, you know, with dance being of the world, that was maybe kind of your biggest distraction. But I mean, then that's where I was going to lead into what my next question. Do you think because you had the dance community, do you think your um, drifting away from the Christian community was kind of mitigated or not as bad because you had that other community? as a social outlet? Uh,
1: I mean, I've always prioritized church as mm-hmm. much as I could uh, during my undergrad years, uh, no matter what, even if we had a show that day, you know, I made sure to like still go to church. Um, nice, nice. Yeah. But um, what I felt like it was like subconsciously or indirectly, it felt like I had to choose one or the other, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a personal realization. It was more like, again, from that pressure from, uh, from, from that church that, you know, it's either one or the other, but I'm like, why can't I do both? Like, why can't I still like grow as a Christian and still be immersed in this other bubble, you know, at Mm -hmm. the same time? Um, you know, and again, like (laughs) I didn't want to commit all those hours only in church throughout college, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And, uh, I would say, uh, I don't, I, I didn't really look at the dance community as a, my main support system. It was always with the church people. Uh, but it felt like sometimes it felt like there were, it came to things where I felt like they weren't really, they couldn't really, uh, relate to what I was going mm-hmm. through, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, if I'm asking for advice or for help, I felt like sometimes I wasn't being heard in that sense. I
0: don't know if that makes sense, you know. No, are, so I guess you're talking about, like, when you would have those conversations with your friends in the dance community. Is that correct? Uh, not in the dance community, but in church. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Just mm, what I was mm-hmm. going through within the dance community, like the struggles and whatnot. Um, right. You know, I felt like I was just being thrown a Bible verse and a prayer. And it, was, I'm not gonna. It was a bit of a turnoff. Um,
0: so yeah, I definitely yeah. understand that because um, yeah. I guess if I ever brought up, I guess bringing it back to my home and how I was raised, if I was ever anxious or you know if, if I was going through something in my daily life that you know, I, I mean, I guess throughout these twenty something years I've been on the surf, I've had like just so many dynamically different experiences that have put me through way different things mentally, but because I grew up in a very religious household, it's like, whatever you feel, just give it to God. And, you know, I think that sentiment and that idea of just using God to rid myself of my problems, that, I can definitely relate. That was a little bit of a turnoff to me, and and I guess why I'm not as religious as I am before, or as I was before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so after college when I was in Korea, I still mm-hmm. did try to go to church. I tried to find a church, but um yeah, it, I mean it got it got harder when I joined it um when I joined a team because we would have those like midnight rehearsals from like twelve to five AM, like at least three times a week. So usually but on Sundays I'd be like asleep during the day. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I still try to go, um, but I didn't re- really find like a a, spe- a good church or like a church that I felt like really connected to or that I vibed with or yeah. And so it, um, but I guess the realization didn't hit me until I came to, Bo- I came back to Boston. It was like what, mm. summer of like
0: 2017. Was that like three mm-hmm. years ago? <laughs> So you would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's actually a minute ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I I remember. I guess that's a sidetrack. I remember the first time you came back to Boston, or I don't know if, if it was like one of the first times or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't. Was it around Overdrive? I forget, but I just remember seeing you at a workshop held at Sal, like in the big black like black studio, and. i remember seeing you with a beanie on but your beanie was like covering your eyes and 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 also you you had gained just like a little bit of weight after um college or i guess at least i like lost last saw you i was like who's this guy and why does he dance mad different (laughs) And, and, and obviously like korea definitely had like a big influence in the way you dance now but i remember seeing that and was like that's not the dandy key i remember
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i remember that i i was i i was visiting from
1: korea for a hot second just to yes. for overdrive yeah that was mm-hmm. like what joseph and katrina's
0: yes yeah that was the exact and one trevor takamoto <laughs> yeah dude you looked like you looked like a lego minifigure that's how i always remember you as that i <laughs> it, it's ingrained in my mind yeah but I- I gained 20 pounds. <laughs> but you know what? Aside from that weight gain, I, I didn't see anyone. All I saw was a guy that was killing that class. So, you know, good <laughs> on you.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Because yeah. I know
0: you officially came back to, like, the um, the U.S. and Boston, like, that summer. Is that correct? Or yeah, was it a year later?
1: Yeah, it was that summer. Because uh, what happened was, um, well, obviously, coming from, like, a... I guess it's typical like Asian household.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like <laughs> everyone in my family didn't like me dancing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Or dancing full time, you know, I would say cuz I basically was dancing full time.
0: Mhm.
1: Um but um yeah, I didn't realize how much of a toll it was taking on my aunt cuz I was living with both my aunt and my grandma. And at the time, well, my grandma has Alzheimer's. So I didn't realize how much of a toll it was on her for taking care of both
0: of us because I was always out of the house dancing. Oh man. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just to bring it back, this was, you were living with your aunt and grandma in Korea.
1: Yeah. In Korea. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So, so it was mainly, so because dance was like mainly occupying your time, that's, that's where they kind of felt that, that conflict or.
1: Yeah. Um, I, cause like, uh, financially, you know, cause it, it was just her taking care of both of us. Cause Mm -hmm. before I joined the team, like I I was helping her out with like looking after my grandma and whatnot, but with all the like rehearsals and then all the training, all the shows and whatnot, uh, you know, I was pretty much barely home. I was only when every time I came back home, it was just to sleep like throughout the day. Wake up. Oh man. Yeah. Wake up. Like my, my routine was like rehearsal from 12 to 5 a.m. Uh, I get home, or go to bed around, like, 7 a.m., probably oh my God, dude. wake up around, like, 3, Jeez. head to the gym, um, and then grab something to eat, and then head out to take workshops from, like, what, uh, like, 9 to 11, and then head straight to, like, a rehearsal space to, like, repeat all that. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, it was a weird
0: schedule. But <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine, like, just because, I mean, I can never imagine just doing the the 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. rehearsal, plus on top of that, everything else. But I definitely can relate to um, just being a member of the dance community, like, especially with being one on more teams, like, you become, I guess, so entrenched with dance that you kind of really, really start to neglect I guess, other things in your life. So that's definitely something I can relate with. But, you know, that schedule, like, I mean, I'm not surprised that you really, like, leveled up after college and really found your own, like, distinct, unique, I guess, style, completely different from what you found in Boston. Um, So that's props. And honestly, like, it's really nice that you actually got to do that outside of, um, like, as you finish college, you know, have that experience not really working and kind of doing your own thing in Korea and, you know, before jumping into the workforce, but yeah, it sounds like an awesome experience.
1: Oh yeah. It, yeah. It definitely was an au- awesome experience. Um, I definitely like learned a lot. It really opened my eyes to like a lot of other things and the way how mm-hmm. it used to view dance, um, really got me into, you know, and intri- it was like a good introduction for me to start learning like foundation and like mm-hmm, freestyle mm-hmm. with like, uh, my teammates after like, after rehearsal, So, uh, yeah, they're, even to this day, like, they're still my inspiration. Um,
0: they hustle hard from what I hear. God, they do. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, going back to your mental, like, so where are you mentally at this point or in this stage or uh, actually you, you can kind of go wherever you want with this. um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. So,
1: uh, going back to, um, Yo, I guess like that, uh, when I, I didn't realize that, you know, it was really hard on my aunt, mm-hmm. uh, there was, I guess like right before summer, my parents actually came to visit Korea and my mom had a talk with me and she's just like, what are you doing? You know, of course, like my parents were kind of upset. My dad was particularly upset. Cause he's like, you know, I didn't have you go to college for those four years just to dance, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the guilt was real. Um, and, uh, even my mom was like, you know, if this is truly what you want to do, this is truly your passion, you know, you need to prove it, uh, to your dad and me. And I thought hard about it. I'm like, and I realized it's really not, you know, I realized mm-hmm. that this isn't something I wanted to do. Like, forever or i didn't want to keep pursuing this kind of lifestyle because uh, at this point i i really didn't know what to do with my life um mm-hmm. I, I i had like no direction in anything so eh, on top of that like the rest of my family have been like pushing me to go to grad school because there's this like uh <laughs> i don't know i guess like it, typically in korea um, yeah right when you finish undergrad you go straight to grad school Right, like my, right. Yeah, my cousin did that, and like a lot, a lot of people in my family just kept like pressuring me to go to grad school. And I was like, I don't know if I want to keep pursuing international relations because after working in DC for like a summer, I realized how much I didn't like it. But yeah, I, I told them, I told them straight up, like, you know, if if you send me to grad school, it's just going to be a waste, a waste of time and money because um, is this isn't really what I want to pursue.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so I made an agreement with them that I'll go back to Boston you know I'll start working and I'll figure it out and when it comes to you know when I'm ready to go back to grad school I'll do it you know or if I figure out some other alternative I'll do it I mean eventually yeah. uh, they just wanted
0: me out of Korea so right, uh, that's what so I guess um, yeah no I, I definitely relate to um to that fact as well. Maybe not to the extent, uh, or like to a different extent that you did, but yeah, I definitely feel like the, the Asian structure of education. I got that a little bit from my parents as well of like really pushing for that grad school right after grad. I'm like, cause my mom has been doing the same thing. I'm like, mom, I, I'm just like, how am I going to go to grad school if I'm paying all these loans? And right, I, you know, I, I can't like, give me some time to try to figure it out because like yeah like you said i didn't want to waste my time on something that i wouldn't be like wholeheartedly into like by the time like i'm in a year of grad school right but yeah no, know it's good that you were able to you know take that step and really try to push for your own path um yeah, yeah. but yeah for so sure. at that point then you went back to boston was it yeah that was when mm-hmm. i flew back to boston that summer uh
1: and uh because i got an internship at boston children's Uh, Through Mm -hmm. a friend. Um, So that was like a starting point there. But that was where, you know, that was where shit got real. (laughs) Um, Because that was when, that was probably the lowest point of my life. Uh, Because the transition from like Korea back to Boston was really hard. Uh, On top of that, the Boston I knew was no longer there. You know, because all mm. the people I was really tight with, people from Upro and like other places, you know, they they were gone, uh, graduated, lived in different <sighs> yeah. like states and cities, um, and I, I I still knew people in the Bos- uh in the Boston dance community, but I wasn't really
0: tight with them at all. So right, yeah, I I was who- um, yeah, sorry, what was that? Oh no, I was yeah. just gonna ask, like, uh, who were you living with at the time? Um. Actually, I, I got a sublet, um, so I was just
1: living with random people. got, like, a room to myself. It's like a basement um, right behind where Sojuba is, actually.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's pretty – that's that's a prime location. That's Fenway, man. Man, it gets loud during the weekends. <laughs> oh, God. All the, like, noisy white people after Red Sox games. I can oh, imagine. Yeah. yeah. Someone um, had a fight, um, and <laughs> –
1: <laughs> I had to go outside. I'm like, if you guys don't shut the fuck up, I'm calling the cops right now.
0: <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well,
1: that's Boston for you. But um, just um, transitioning back into like a, even though it was Boston, it was like a completely unfamiliar environment to me. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was feeling like pretty lonely out there because. Um, I wasn't really tight with anyone, right. uh, and eventually, like, it started, like, creeping up into my internship, too. Like, it was affecting the way how I was working. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, like, in terms of, like, mental health, um, it was, like, pretty much deteriorating where I would be sleeping a lot, you know. Um, I guess I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people are, are not, like, used to, like, it's like the nine to five kind of job but when you when you finish working you get back home you're so like mentally drained that Mm -hmm. you just want to like do nothing or just watch netflix or just take a like long ass nap you know um yeah yeah, so making these sort of like adjustments and it, it was some it was pretty overwhelming but I remember this one specific week or this one night where I was in my room alone Mm -hmm. and um, it just hit me up until that point that I don't, it just randomly, it was like, I'm not a Christian anymore. Um, I I just had that realization that night and just like a really, um, just that, those words specifically had so much gravity in them that I remember, like, breaking down and crying.
0: Uh, so so it was, like, did you feel like it was a, a very gradual sense? Because I know you started feeling disparities with community, like you said, like, in your junior year of college. So is it something that gradually faded away over time and you didn't recognize it until that moment? Yeah, it was like gradually fading and I guess when I
1: wasn't at this point where I felt like I really didn't have anyone. Um, you know, I didn't have like a support system. I was like completely right. alone. You know, I was missing like my teammates back in Korea. You know, again like with the church and everything, I was I, I didn't contact anyone from that church because I didn't I actually didn't want to go back, you know. Uh, I right. didn't really want to do anything with them. So I felt completely alone. Um, and I guess, like, those words really hit me very hard. Um, that, yeah, it just, like, broke me pretty much. Because, uh, you know, that, that was my whole identity. And mm-hmm. when that's no longer, like, your foundation, your you know, your base, it pretty much you're you're just like left asking yourself who the hell am i you know what am i supposed to do at this point almost like yeah almost like like your purpose in life is just like taken away you know like you ha- you got
0: no no purpose anymore right i yeah uh, i guess the whole saying about how god is supposed to be your rock your foundation the structure that gives you like the meaning in life. I could see how having that and also a lack of, you know, actual human support around you can really debilitate and maybe maybe leave you on like a you know, like where am I going? I mean I know you still had your internship, but it yeah, that that sounds really rough.
1: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it was um
0: I guess from that point on things just like got worse actually right? Did uh, they address that at, at your internship? Like how you were behaving or was it like, was it really an internal thing that you were feeling like feeling? Or? Uh,
1: it was internal. Like, I, I, I don't know why I do this. I tend to do this a lot. Like when, when shit happens, when there's like drama or something bad happens, right. I, I closed myself off from people, you know, like I don't talk to anyone. I don't, I'm not open about it. Like I prefer to shut myself off. Um, And so even at the internship, you know, I, I guess they were like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, obviously it's not fine, Mm -hmm. but yeah, but uh, I, uh, you know, I kept it, I kept it private. um, But at the same time, I felt really bad because my friend who got me that internship, you know, she Mm -hmm. really vouched for me and, and because I wasn't doing so well, it was making her look bad. So, you know, that that just added onto the pile, you know. Um, yeah, and it was, like, stressing me out. Like, literally, like, the internship itself was, like, what, a 15-minute walk, but I was always mm-hmm. late. Um, you know, just because, yeah, every, every morning, it was, like, a struggle to even wake up because I felt like, you know what is the reason to wake up? You know after that whole realization. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess like it, it was overwhelming to the point that, uh, yeah, that I was thinking about committing suicide. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, it,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're here today. That, that it, that really doesn't sound like a very ideal situation to go through, and I. I definitely know this, too, because uh definitely during my senior year, I, I think a lot of a lot of that pressure and a lot of me also feeling very alone in that respect because a, no one really knew what I was going through on all fronts, whether it was academics, whether it was school, whether it was directing. Like, I, I think all of those issues that I had within me, I internalized them and and I didn't really talk to anyone about it. So I, I definitely understand and it's something that just grows and grows and eventually like you said, it's very debilitating. But, you know, I I, I definitely don't think I could have done that alone because I mean at that time that I was feeling all that stuff. I was going to therapy but and and I was getting all that advice, but I I don't think I could have made it out of that, that hole I was in alone. Um, especially and even from your perspective with all that um Stuff piling on. So, sorry, let me ask this to clarify. So, yeah, you, when you came back, you, you were doing your internship, but did you find any? I know you said you, you had some friends in the Boston dance community still, but do you, did you feel like they weren't there for you or do you feel like you just weren't close enough with them or just tell me more about like that side of your situation?
1: Yeah, it it was more of the latter. Um, I wasn't like like we all knew each other but I wasn't really close to them, you know, to to the point I was like you know willing to be vulnerable with them, you know, I wasn't really that tight with people. Um right. yeah, and again like even to the people who were still there, you know, that I've known since like my Upro days. Again, mm-hmm. like I had that tendency to cut myself off uh just internalize it. So you know like i didn't really bother to reach out to every any anyone except i did reach out to one person you know um, mm-hmm. just like let him know what's going on and whatnot uh yeah because <laughs> remember i was like almost in tears when i
0: was telling him this but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and i feel that like you don't really want to burden a lot of people with the shit that's going through your mind especially when you haven't you know, been around and they don't have that closeness, you know, you're like not one of their close, close friends. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely feel that.
1: Yeah. Like I didn't want to like be, yeah, I really didn't want my shit like spreading out and like affecting other people. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Cause yeah, I've had an experience with that while I was on Upro, and it was not good. I'll just say that. So, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, so it, I, I, you know, I, I tend to like internalize that more. Um, but wait, hold on. But you were going to,
0: you were going to therapy. That's also something I didn't really tell anyone. (laughs) Yes. No, I, I was shit. But in reality, it was like, it was like a three week thing. I, the only people I really told about it were, um, I guess my mom, when I came back to New Jersey and you know, that's just another thing. Like same, same here. Like I didn't really, you know, I talked to Christine every now and then, but I didn't really want to have her be the sole person I was telling all my shit to or, you know, other people on the team. Like if I told nomads what I was going through, I felt like, and this is, I think a very bad stigma about mental health. Like if I just felt like if I told my own teammates how I was feeling, they wouldn't respect me as a leader Mm. and they wouldn't respect me as a dancer because they would be like, you know, why, if you're feeling this way, why did you put yourself through all this stuff. Why did you choose to be on another team mm. during your senior year? When is it's supposed to be your last semester, your best semester? And, and all that kind of pressure caused me to like, be like, I need to always show that I'm, I'm strong no matter what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. I can vent on my Finsta, but you know, as far as anyone else knows, I'm fine because I, I really didn't want to, you know, put, give my burden on someone else like that. So yeah. yes, I did once. Uh, I did go to therapy. Still going, by the way. But yes.
1: <laughs> Damn, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, because um, I remember you were doing a lot because you you were leading Nomads, which pretty much started around that same time, and you were still on UPro. Um, and then didn't you have your co-op too, or were you mm-hmm. were you finishing like your classes?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, see I think that first half of the year when I was like nomads and you pro that was fine because, you know, I mean, work was work was work, but it wasn't like school work, you know, like once right. I got out of work, that was the end of work. I didn't need to do anything else. But yeah, the yeah. fact that I had school, like there was always something to do. There was always my capstone. Plus I had to commute to ink practice. I didn't have a car. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then commute all the time nomads for. I was like, yeah, yeah, that I I really did not anticipate it to be that much. But yes, I that was a whole lot for me, but yes. Sorry. Sorry. You were saying about,
1: Oh no, I was like, um, cause man, I, I don't know. Again, like, I don't know how you did all that. Cause I don't think, uh, I was too scared of t- to do like something like that in senior year. Cause it definitely broke me down easily. Yeah.
0: The thing is about that whole situation. Um, it, I feel like, and I'm still dealing a lot with this now. And that's the reason why I'm going to therapy and still like talking to people is the fact that because I internalized all my feelings and all my thoughts and focused on this image that like, I need to be a leader. I need to be a member on ink and I need to be a productive capstone member because I internalized all those emotions and, and, and thought that I had to fit this role that wasn't really who I was. I, I lost a lot of, sense of self you know i lost a lot of you know what am i do i really like doing the things i do do i really like dance anymore as much as you know this last year has led on to me um and it where's i going with this i guess yeah just a general loss of sense of self didn't really understand who i was didn't really understand why i was doing the things i do settling into all these routines going to practice day in and day out and you know once my schedule cleared up, I took a look back at th- what the last senior year was, and I was like, what, what What? just happened? Like, I didn't process any of it, like... And it took me a long, long time to really try to find who I was again. And being at home has helped, just being surrounded by my family and just, I guess, things that keep me grounded. Yeah. Damn. Good for you, yeah. though, bro. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man. But, yeah. yeah, I, I guess that that was that was in in short my kind of journey with um mental health i know we would kind of do like the half and half but you know i think it's still good that um i was able to hop in but anyways back to you yeah so i know you were in that really really bad place where you didn't really have anyone around you like did did you at what point did it start to shift was it kind of a passive thing where things just you kind of persevered and things got better over time or was there one moment that stood out that kind of said, "Look, I need to reprioritize some stuff." You know? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Good question. Um, when it was so hard, and I was thinking about committing suicide, man, I even remember, goddamn, like I was, I was googling like about carbon monoxide. I was like googling like ways to escape, and it really didn't occur to me. Like it was just weird that I got to this point, or how. Mm-hmm. Suicide became this like option that seemed some sort like seemed comforting. Like if it gets too hard you have an escape button. That kind of feel. Right. It it was just like uh it was so weird and like foreign that you know, that this kind of thing would occur to me. But I guess like um what I ended up doing was I had one more month in my internship, but I actually quit early because mm-hmm. I felt like the more stress that will get piled, I don't. I'm I'm definitely going to break at that point, because I didn't know how much I could take. So right. yeah, I quit a month early, and eventually I moved out of uh, my sublet sublet and moved to a different apartment. And starting, you know, starting then, you know, living, I I joined what like crew mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess I had like sort of a new routine while like still looking for jobs, um and like doing other like temp jobs and whatnot, but I felt like I was just uh breathing. I felt like a zombie. Like I Going through I was, the motions. Yeah, like uh I, I didn't have any sense of time or anything. Um actually what's interesting is that my roommate brought this up, like there's something called dissociation where you're Ooh. kinda like You're, you're like, uh, you don't really have like a sense of time, like, um, or if you kind of feel you have this, there are several symptoms, but like one of them is like, you feel like completely numb. Um, there's also like anxiety and whatnot, but I guess to some degree I had something like that because again, like, uh, my sleep schedule was like completely off. Mm -hmm. Some, some days I'll sleep like a shit ton like 12 hours other days it would be like three hours Mm -hmm. uh sometimes i you can't can't remember certain things which is also like a symptom from dissociation where people would ask me what did you do last weekend and i'd be like i don't know and it's because yeah because i guess like you tend to block those things out um you know as, as like a defense mechanism right so yeah like i was just like basically going through the motions uh I didn't know what I was doing I was yeah it I felt like I was just like breathing at this point uh and um let's see I I ended up getting into a relationship like a toxic relationship for like six months Mm -hmm. which yeah I mean getting into the relationship at first it kind of helped but you know
0: yeah man (laughs) I remember the tail end of that uh (laughs) Uh, I just uh, you know what, but, but yeah, I will say I'm glad you're not in that relationship now because I I I got the vibes from what you would tell me. But to CrewNex. Do you think CrewNex kind of help you open up more socially and cuz I mean, I can ima- like and be open to a sort of relationship? Um I mean, I'm not saying those yeah. two were intercorrelated, but like, I don't know. Was was that like a step or progression in the right direction for you? I know you were still Feeling dissociated but at least you' were kind of in touch socially, um, did you feel that way or what was yeah, like, hey.
1: I mean, you know like crewex I just I joined Krunex, you know like not like I didn't really have an intention of like, oh, I want to be a better dancer, you know because that wasn't my goal when I came back to Boston, because mm-hmm. if that was my goal, I would have stayed in Korea, I would have like fought for myself and really like stood my ground to stay in Korea, no matter what. But yeah, like I joined Crewnext to try something different, like uh, like a whole different style. Um, And I was more like in a position to like learn Mm -hmm. um, and grow, but I didn't really think seriously of it. But um, in terms of opening up, I still had a really hard time opening up in general because I felt like I actually didn't fit in. Um, and what, (laughs) what, what kind of, like, again, like, when, when you're, like, going through all this, and again, like, for me, when my, you know, going along the lines of my whole sense of identity has, like, crumbled and whatnot, I felt like a complete child not knowing how to do things anymore, like, communication. Um, one time, like, a director of Crew Next Junior came up to me and asked me if I could be part of Eboard. And I just remember like, oh, my anxiety was going through the roof because oh, I was like, I'm not here to, you know, like trying to like lead or anything like dance is not like my priority or anything. And whatnot is right. like, it's kind of you're asking something from me uh, that's, that's a little too much, you know, but I, I don't know why I couldn't communicate that well with him.
0: yeah i I think i'll start yeah no i'm gonna cut in like i think it's it's weird that someone you know if if i knew what you were going through at the time i think like an e-board position would be like the last thing i would ask someone if they were going through you know all of it mentally that's and i guess that is kind of telltale about how you weren't really open maybe with your teammates that's crazy
1: Yeah, I mean, um, he he was asking me for, throughout the whole season, he was asking me, like, just tips and, you know, just, like, advice on, you know, like, how does an organized team run? Because he himself has never been, like, on a, like, an an organized team with, like, a specific e-board and everything. Mm -hmm. So he he was really willing to, like, learn and uh, and whatnot. And so I, I was just basically sharing him, like, um, oh, how Yipro did things and whatnot, just sharing my opinions, um, you know, how like having like a structure and practice. So, I guess, like, you know, from, uh, you know, sharing all that, like, he thought it was a good idea to have me be on Eboard. But, you know, on the other end, I, I was not ready for it. I did not want to do it <laughs> because of, you know, of all the stuff that I was going through. Mm -hmm. but again I don't know why I was you know scared to communicate that with him but eventually you know I quit the team um yeah
0: right I guess it's good that you know you got that insight or you were able to provide him with that insight on what that organized um what organized teams are like so I guess you Uh, gave him that
1: uh yeah yeah I, I I hoped it helped in some way but, I mean, I was just just merely just sh- sharing my opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
0: yeah. I guess... Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, but when I quit the team, eventually, like, that was around the same time I was dating my ex. And so, eventually, I, I stopped dancing for, like, six months. <laughs> you know, the entire time I was with her.
0: Yep.
1: Um, but... Yeah, I, I would say, like, after after we broke up, um, I think that time period was when um, I started surrounding myself with more, like, people who I became very close to, you know, to this day. Uh, it was, you know, like, right after my breakup, I remember one of, you know, one, like, my best friend, Gordon.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh...
1: I was in bed at like ten ten o'clock at night and it was on a Friday and he called me up. He's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just yeah. at home in bed. He's <laughs> like, On a Friday night? See <laughs> <laughs> so he dragged me out to the club.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's awesome.
1: <laughs> no, but he he always checked up on me like every week. And eventually Brandon, you know, like my other my current roommate slash best friend, you know, he also checked up on me too. Um, and eventually, you know, that was the same summer that we started hanging out, you know? Yep. I went to your birthday party at Wonder Bar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that was weird. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. took so many shots. (laughs) Yeah. Bro, I mean, I honestly don't remember that either. I think that whole, it was like a string of three weeks in the middle of July where it was, but yeah, no, I, we definitely got a lot of closer back then. We were chilling like all the time. I remember like it was us. Yeah, like Brandon, Christine, Deanna. I, that was that was honestly a pretty fun time, and yeah. I mean, not gonna lie, I was kind, I was really feeling, you know, uh, I guess opening up about my own experience during that time too. Um, I think it it was that year when you know I first joined UPro, and and you know I was like a year in, but you know going and transitioning into a completely new set of people and a new set of friends was also really hard for me. And I think by the summer I was left just really, I was also feeling in a sense like really alone and kind of really, really reevaluating, like what is the worth of these friends I've just made on this new team? You know, I'm not, I'm not bashing them because you know, I'm still good friends with a lot of them now, but at the time I was like, how many can I really trust these people? Like, are these people really down and 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 really down to be a close friend but you know when I found I remember when we took that walk all around Boston it was like you me and Brandon I was <laughs> like you know this feels like mad natural and I can I can talk and conversate you know like this doesn't feel forced like it just feels like I'm hanging out with a homie and I think that was something really valuable and I cherished and something that like our all our collective friendships that made that summer a really good summer. So yeah. yes, I will say that. For real. It's awesome. All the nights that we drank at your place. Oh
1: <laughs> puking. you <Dude>, remember
0: <laughs> dude? Do you remember when I we pregamed? It was like uh ah, we I was like seven shots deep and then we went over to um Roxanna's for I think it was like <laughs> a, one of Aliyah's birthdays. Yeah, but then I left in an hour in because I was so I was gone, man. Wait, you did? yes nobody remembers that i left like 45 minutes into when the party started oh and i threw sh- up on a tree <laughs> yeah dude oh it was really bad like i sorry another sidetrack i the uber dropped me off like a block away from my house so I was all like yeah i can't be in this car anymore let me get out and i threw up on the sidewalk and oh. then some cop ran up on me and he was like yo are you good and i'm like yeah i just live over there and he was like uh all right make it home safe and i'm like all right it was really bad <laughs> But, yes. Yeah, that whole thing happened. Oh, shit. I don't remember <laughs> that.
1: I think it's because uh, we, we went over to Conan's later. Uh, yo, Probably. Conan went home early, too. And then we're like, yo, Conan, what are you doing right now? He's like, uh, I'm on my couch watching anime. I'm like, all right, cool. We're coming over. <laughs> and then we ended up drinking more.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's that That is awesome to hear, though. Like... Um, and I I guess you were kind of mentioning it, but it's awesome that you really did find, um, I guess those friends or just people in your life that happened to be there at a time where you're probably, you know, just getting out of relationship, being really transitional as well. Like people like Gordon, um, me, Brandon, and all those people that are around you. Um, so would you say that definitely like really helped you out of your funk or whatever you were feeling? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, I mean... I'm no
1: therapist. I'm not like an expert or anything. But when it, like just I'm just speaking out of my own like personal experience. Right. I think just really surrounding myself with you know like a group of people who I felt like a you know I felt really close to and who tr- like I felt like they genuinely care about cared about me too and you know like the timing couldn't have been perfect like the way how we got mm-hmm. together because that same summer. We were all going through breakups.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) everyone was breaking up left and right. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It was the summer of sadness. Yo, for (laughs) real.
1: I still remember one time this like vivid image of Brandon like sitting on the sidewalk looking (laughs) looking so depressed.
0: No. (laughs) Like with the
1: moonlight like hitting on him.
0: (laughs) Man. It was about to break out when Brian Puspo's owned it.
1: (laughs) Oh my god free he was wearing a denim jacket you know he could have just stood up and start doing like a video right there
0: <laughs> time too perfect may put on some uh sabrina claudio whatever you like with tn like appears out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah
1: i mean it it was crazy like um like the friendships i was able to build from that summer and um yeah, and th- uh, not only that. Like I, I that was uh, when I moved in with Brandon and mm-hmm. Norman Dean. No, uh, Norman rest D- in peace. Just kidding, still alive. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman Dean, my homie, my kuya. know. my boy. Yeah, Norman Dean, especially has has had like a big impact on my life too. You know, because um, usually like Brandon's like. Um, with Deanna, so he yeah. he was usually not home, so it was just mm-hmm. like uh, Normandine and me just hanging out and we got really close and yeah, he was really like an older brother to me um, and just like teaching me a lot of a lot of stuff and I, I, I still look up to him, you know. Um, and it was because of him that I started you know really thinking about, all right, I need to get my shit together. Um, and, like, how can I rebuild myself back up again? Um, I remember one time, like, he was telling me about, like, uh, on his flight back from Seattle, I think, back to Boston, he was visiting his girlfriend back then, but he, he said he, he saw this girl sitting next to him reading a book called The Power of Habit, um, so out of curiosity, you know, I... I bought the That's book. That's
0: the book you read, right?
1: Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. And I would say that that book in, in general, like, um, it, I, I, I would, I'm not going to go like cliche and say it changed my life, but it really did help, you know, in terms of looking at things like in different perspective, or I guess like it was a good way for me to try to figure out a start. Um, cause you know, like, When you're in post-grad and whatnot, you're always thinking about, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I want to get a new Mm -hmm. job. I want to travel, blah, blah, blah. The list is just really long, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. And you're just not sure where to start. Uh, Well, for me, at least. Um, No, I I definitely say I will agree. Um, That is... I think, and the biggest sentiment I will have, and something that still resonates with me today, like, I feel like the road to college graduation, undergrad at least, it's like, as soon as I walked across that stage, got my diploma, all the fanfare and, you know, and the screaming, it faded away as I was moving forward into the future. But then past that, it was just like, it was all gray. Like, the life became so open-ended, not really structured, And, you know, I think you were maybe hinting about this about some of the stuff your book said, but I, yeah, there was really no structure and it was overwhelming just to be like, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. Cause, um,
1: right after graduation, you're just like, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so like underwhelming, you know, that moment after graduation, um, You know, especially if you don't have a job, like, right after graduation or anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it you know, I, I had to think to myself, I'm like, okay, I know I want to do all these things, but this is, this, this is too much. I got to, like, start somewhere off small, you know, yeah. uh, figure out what, what is it can I manage at this moment and um, exercise definitely popped out, like, was the first thing in my head because uh, I really, I mean, I was pretty fluffy back then, but, <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, a little,
1: yeah.
0: You, a little soul, you know what I'm saying? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little pork belly, there we go.
1: Yeah, down, like, the double chin, I still <laughs> got the double chin, sadly, but, yeah. You know what? You're working towards progress,
0: that's all that matters.
1: Working towards it all the way up. Mm -hmm. yeah um you know like i i hated how i felt you know i was tired of the way i was living you know just like sporadically like sleeping at like random hours binge eating and whatnot so um I, i i knew that like working out in general it will give me like some stability um and some structure and like a good sense to me, like to have a goal at least that I could start from that. So I started prioritizing that above anything, um, even above dance. So, um, it was a lot of, I, you know, like I started working out around what Joe January of last year, it was like a new year's kind of like resolution thing. And yeah, since that past year it was like a lot of trial and error trying to figure out what works best for me um uh like uh trying like i what i did a thousand calorie deficit n- during the beginning which i lost a lot of weight in like two to three weeks yeah. but it was in a very unhealthy way because uh, that's you're you're basically starving yourself um you know and so i had this whole yo-yo dieting going on because for like what for the first couple of months, I was, like, looking pretty good. I was, like, losing weight. And then in the summer, like, I kind of, like, fell off the wagon and then got fluffy again. <laughs> you know, it was, um, it, again, it was a lot of trial and error. And I had to really think, uh, not, like, in a short term, but on a long term. Again, like, what can I manage? Uh, and... What can I do to make it work for the long term? So instead of like trying to think about like a diet, like I, I, I really don't like that word diet because mm-hmm. it, it just seems so short term. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on a diet. It's like for how long, you know? Yeah. And then you fall back into your normal routine, which no, like you have to think about like in the long, long run of what's going to keep sustaining you, what's going to keep you going. So, you know, I it was a lot of like research on my end, trying to like figure it out and then trying to figure out my own body. And, um,
0: yeah, no, um, sorry, Adam. Yeah. I'm going to cut in, but I, yeah, I think it's really great that you, you know, and I think the trial and error part is, is pretty important because you ended up finding the schedule or the plan that really works for you. Cause I feel like I, for me, a lot of the time, if I work out, if I work out with low, like I feel like, the priorities in my mind of where I want to be and what I want my body to look like are are different than probably what Low does, you know. So like having that disparity, uh, like I think I need trial and error to you know figure out what works for me. But the fact that you found that and the fact that you were able to you know kind of make a schedule that works on your own time and and something that you're actually able to consistently complete and and keep up with it 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 becomes like. You know, on your checklist in your mind, you always have that thing that you're able to check off and complete and say you did. But yeah, that's that's really awesome that you were able to, you know, find that structure. Yeah, and I and on
1: top of that, you know, um, I had like a positive reinforcement behind that as well. Like uh, it was actually through my parents, because um, it was around like last October when I went to Hawaii to visit them, like we went on a family vacation because I haven't seen them in two years at that point um, since Korea. Um, And yeah, that was like one of the most refreshing times of my life. Um, And the relationship between, you know, my family and I was like so different, especially with my dad and me because that's a whole nother story. But... I've had like a very rocky, like not a good relationship with my dad. You know,
0: mm-hmm. um, I definitely relate. Podcast Part Two. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, a lot of bad blood. You know, there was so mm-hmm. much drama between mm-hmm. us. But and so I was actually feeling a little nervous when I was going to Hawaii because I wasn't sure how. You know, like, oh, is this gonna be okay? Like, uh, but it was very different. It I was I, it. It surprised me, because the way how he treated me was completely different now. Like, uh, I felt like he recognized me, in a sense. I guess, you know, like, maybe it's because I, you know, I started working, you know. I finally have a job and everything, that he finally recognized me. Um, And, you know, he was more patient with me, you know, more, listened to me a lot more. And I'm just like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah yeah. um and
0: (laughs) i even tricked him
1: to having a drink with me one time
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man Um, wait what would you spike his drink what did you do
1: (laughs) no one night you know my mom was tired from jet lag so she you know she stayed in stayed in the airbnb so it was like just my dad and me just walking around like waikiki area and then i'm like hey uh dad you know there's this like a drink from hawaii that you know a traditional drink that came from hawaii actually it's like oh yeah what is it it's like it's called a mai tai want to try it
0: (laughs) wait did the mai tai really originate in hawaii is that is that where it's from i don't
1: know i just heard it was a hawaiian drink
0: bruh you should have you should have been like yeah this is a traditional hawaiian drink they call it (laughs) the aloha hennessy and just brought out like a handle of hennessy and just (laughs) <laughs> gave it to him. that been so fun- <laughs> That's so funny though. I so he drank with you. Yeah, he
1: it? yeah he did. Like we got like we got two of them, and then I tried it. I'm like, oh my god, there's a lot of alcohol in this. I'm like, dad, uh, you you gotta be careful. I think I think we should not drink this because there's too much alcohol. And he's like, no, it's okay. And he just kept drinking. <laughs> so he drank like half of it, and he gave the rest to me.
0: Oh and I man. Didn't drink it up.
1: <laughs> Like pretty much all of it,
0: I got a little tipsy, but I was able to hide it from my dad, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty yeah. funny yeah uh it's it's awesome that you're able to really establish that connection with your parents yeah and and part of me i'm I'm going through the same stuff too, yeah. not only because I'm spending so much time at home, right um but i I think it really is just like a part of growing up and then seeing your parents as people, I guess <laughs> and being able to understand them and and be on that common ground like. I mean, I would say, admittedly, like, uh, when I was in high school and everything before that, like, it was just a lot of yelling, (laughs) a lot of disagreement, a lot of not being on the same page with my parents. But now that we're not yelling, it's like, oh, we're talking now, you know? Right. (laughs) And, like, having a conversation. And that's, like, when you have that, it's, like, really nice because then it opens up all these doors. Now I just, me personally, I want to know, like, everything about what my parents were like and what they do, you know, but it's all about establishing that connection first. And I'm glad you had that too.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, like after, after Hawaii, when I came back to Boston, you know, it, I felt like I I wanted to be better for them. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I had this like new sense of like motivation. Um, and so that was when I started working out again. And, and again, like at this time I was still reading that book, The Power of Habit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of, still like a lot of trial and error, but you know, ever since October, I managed to keep it consistent. Um, you know, like even if I fall off for like a couple of days, I, I'd still be like, okay, not like beat myself up over it. Not try to like start from scratch, but like just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, like ever since then, like I've kept exercising like consistently and eventually it was actually affecting me in my own workplace, you know? terms of i felt more productive uh my co-workers were recognizing me including my like supervisors <laughs> and the higher ups uh yeah like um it was like building back up my confidence and my self-esteem and you know like as you as i continually make this into a habit mm-hmm. um then eventually i want to start you know i i'm starting to like want to tackle other things in life and like coming up with a solid plan of what I want to do in my life. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty awesome. And, you know, especially while being continued, you know, to be surrounded by like a solid group of friends, you know, who are always supportive, who, no, are not toxic, but they, they're always there to lift you up even though they shit on you because they love you. Yeah,
0: you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. You like... can only be your only your real friends will be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like to just joke and roast each other without being like, Hey, why'd you say that? That's not really nice. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. That is real.
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think I was I was about to ask the question, but I think you kind of answered it. Uh I was gonna ask, you know, where are you now with your journey? And I I and I think you're definitely touching on I mean, journey as in mental health, but I think you're definitely mentioning the support group you have, like, not only with your friends and your family, but also, you know, the power of maintaining that schedule for you has has really been, you know, maybe your pillars as to why you're thriving right now, I guess. Yeah. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I, I still have many flaws. I'm still a work in progress. You know, I'm not, like, you know, like, Oh yeah, I've reached to this next level. I'm not kind of like that. It's it's still like a work in progress in, you know, in terms of making that effort to, you know, pull through a workout on each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it, you know. Like, well, I mean, I don't do that. Like I don't know if you heard of David Go- David Goggins. Uh yeah, David Goggins was, uh, um, used to be in the Navy SEALs. But when he first tried to apply for it, uh, they said that he was, too, he was too heavy. He was actually a big guy. Um, he was like 200-something pounds. Mm-hmm. And he had to lose 106 pounds to we- meet the weight limit. And he only had three months until the deadline. So he calculated that he would have to burn like 3,500 calories a day. And he actually did it. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, eventually, like, I mean, it was not healthy. Like, he, he talked about how, like, it really broke his body, but, like...
0: Yeah, you gotta go through some drastic measures to make that happen.
1: Yeah, but David Gawkins is, like, a tough motherfucker. You know, just the... You know, there's this, like, one quote that I remember. is like, uh, just because you're tired doesn't mean you're done, you know? You're done when you finish your workout. So... <laughs> like i i would listen to his podcast all, all the time you know just so that like i would be like come on let's do it like just to give me that boost um uh yeah and you know there there's still other like aspects not just like working out but other aspects in my life that i need to like work on but again it, it's a uh, i'm i'm taking baby steps you know um uh, in terms of yeah in terms of mental health like um i feel so much better you know compared to you no, know, like back then, and I mean during the lockdown, I had to like take a break from social media, mm-hmm. just cause you know I had to like really reevaluate and think, um, and just reflect in general. You know, just you know being okay with where I'm at. You know, everyone's pacing is going to be different. You know, my pace. You know, even though you know my pacing in general, I I feel like it's kind of slow, but
0: you know it's. It's okay to go at your own pace. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely... I agree with that sentiment, too. And a lot of things I'm learning um, throughout my mental health journey as well is the importance of, you know, you everyone is on their own form of path, whether they're just starting on it or whether they're, like, midway or working towards an inevitable goal, but something that really grounds you and something to that's really valuable in keeping yourself consistent is making sure that you do a mental check-in like I'm here right now, just be like in the moment. And, you know, regardless of what path you're on, just be being present is something that like is, is so powerful and, and, and really helps to alleviate, um, I guess stress and anxiety. Um, I was going to say, um before like it I think it was really it's really awesome to hear your story because I think not a lot of people one have the courage to speak about it candidly but two are able to go through like such a transformative journey like by the time you were talking about like the friends you met in 2018 like I was I was grinning OD because you know it's it's so refreshing to you know hear that progression to who you were before and where you are now. And, and that's props. And I'm really glad that you, you know, you found that, um, that sense of rhythm and are self-aware to the fact that, you know, like you're realizing I have made this much progress, but there's still more I could do. And, and that's something that, you know, I think everyone can learn from no matter who's listening. Um, so yeah, that, that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you, man. You
1: know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's uh, I don't know if you heard of DPR Live. Um, yeah,
0: they're, uh, K-pop? <laughs> no, they're it, like a K-pop.
1: No, they're like a a collective. Um, okay, so okay. They okay. they're not like uh, yeah, they don't really identify as K-pop, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just um, they're it's a, it's pretty cool. Like what they do, they have a lot of artistic freedom. Because they're like kind they of their own thing, um, and there's this one song called "Disconnect," and I'll, um, the guy, they were talking about like the the story behind that song about how, in terms of disconnect, it's about whatever your crazy drama you have in your life, or whatever bad uh, something bad that happens in your life. You know, you have this tendency, this natural tendency to want to escape want to run from it but you can't really escape it fully you know you you would eventually like you would have to figure out how you would face it and that is part of growing up you know there's you know even like through all that like that turmoil you know there's always like a silver lighting um and yeah I don't know It, it that song really resonated me a lot um and I I I really hope that whoever's listening, you know, whoever's going through like a similar situation, I hope like this really encourages them to, to not give up, you know, uh, to to keep pushing forward, you no, know, no matter what. Try try to like start somewhere, um, and that that we're not alone, you know. This is like it's very common, uh, like, you know, I felt like in college we were kind of like spoiled in a way. Uh, and then we get into the real world and we're just like, fuck, you know, like, I guess like, you know, for some people, they don't have that same support system that they used to. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, yeah, shit gets hard, but you know, um, she's got to go through it. It's all part of growing up.
0: Exactly. I, I will, I will drop this, um, it's a national suicide prevention lifeline, um, telephone number that you could call whoever's listening, you know, I know this is a lot. We've touched on like a lot of different topics, but if you feel in anything, um there's always the hotline 1-800-273-8255, you know. There no matter how alone you might feel, there's always there's always better options um than what you're considering. And you know, I'm I know Danny can definitely attest to this, especially cuz where he came from in the past couple years and and you know, where he is now. And I think it's so important to have those resources available and knowledgeable um, wherever you at in point of life. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to say we're at a, an hour and 19 minutes, which is like a pretty solid time. Um, and, you know, at, at this point, I I think I would usually ask like the person, you know, what's, what's next or, you know, like what's, what's on their plate. Um, but you, you already did quite a lot of that in terms of, you know, again, sticking to your schedule, working out, you know, doing the, 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 the rave zoom calls and whatnot. (laughs) So that, that's awesome to hear. I didn't really have to prompt you. So that's nice. Um, one thing I will ask though, is do you have, do you have any recommendations? I know you brought up, um, the power of habit as a book. But uh, do you have any other recommendations on on terms of media that you're really enjoying right now? Yeah, uh, like you said media? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like any any book, movie, Mm -hmm. music, whichever. Okay, yeah. I mean,
1: um, yeah, like uh, in terms of, you know, like personal development, you know, like uh, in terms of podcasts, like Tony Robinson, um, he's a – he he's a pretty solid dude. I mean, he's really good, you know, like um a lot of his listening to him, like, you know, is always refreshing. You know, Tony Robbins, definitely I said Tony Robinson, but it's Tony <laughs> Robbins. Uh but yeah, I mean, other than the power of habit, um, who else is there? There's also like Ed Milet. He's also another good one. Um, yeah, just uh I, I basically just like went on YouTube, like, I guess, searched up, like, personal development, or just randomly came across, like, a video of a guy sharing, like, a list of, like, personal development books. And, um, I can't really remember who he was, but he was sharing about his own story, like, post-grad. because uh, he's a filmmaker, and he's, like, you know, like, I didn't know what to do, and blah, blah, blah. So I started, you know, started reading these books. Um... And so, yeah, like, that was, like, a starting point for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, David Goggins is a good one. Uh, And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much for now. Like, uh, just been sticking to, like, one by one. But usually, like, you know, listening to other podcasts as well, like, so I – I, I also really love David So like David yeah. So comedy
0: he, he's always he keeps it always 100
1: exactly and I, I like you know like when he was also going through that weight loss journey it was also yeah, around yeah. the same time I was as well <laughs> so even listening to like his like own experience like in through his podcast that itself like was like really uplifting for me too
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah boys come a long way too used <laughs> to be very husky but now or I guess fluffy but, you know, he's, he's really, like, cut a lot of that down. And he's doing his own major moves, too. But, yes, Tony Robbins. Um, Gawkins, you said? Uh,
1: David Goggins. Yeah.
0: David Goggins. Okay. Yeah. I'll be sure to look them up. But, yeah. um, All right. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a good stopping point. Like, again, I really appreciate having you on the podcast. Like, I think this is one of – this is probably one of the, like, standout ones you know obviously like I you've heard the stuff I've talked about before it was more lighthearted, but I'm glad that you know that I think this this talk about mental health and just a quote-unquote taboo topic especially in Asian American culture right. I can definitely expand on that with making podcasts in the future so you definitely helped in a big way to opening that door whenever I release this so yeah seriously dude thank you for sharing for
1: sure oh and I guess like one more thing to add is especially during this time with all the craziness that's going on the world right now you know like also be care you know be very mindful of your mental health also because I know that when all this shit blew up you know it was pretty overwhelming for all that you know all the posts all the information just like throwing at your face no, it's okay to, like, just, like, you know, put your phone down for a bit and just, like, recollect. Just make sure to check your mental health,
0: especially during this time, you know. Exactly. It can be super stressful to get all that information fed to you. But, you know, like you said, there are always ways to just disconnect, unplug whenever you need it, and there's nothing wrong with that. No one's obliging you to necessarily post anything. While it does help, um, I, I don't know where we're going with this, but yes, I, I will agree there. It, it, de- mental health is definitely a big, big, um, topic that's relevant today. Um, yeah. Cool stuff, man. Um, okay. In, uh, unless you have any last words, I think, yeah, I think we might end it.
1: Hey, I mean, I'm pretty much all said, but... Yeah, thanks
0: bro. Thanks for letting me do this and uh sharing my story. Yes, it was an honor. I can't wait to edit this. I'll probably do <laughs> that right after this, but yep. Um right. let's let's say in three, two, one, stop recording. Uh uh that was the that was the test. But Okay. Yeah. Let's do uh, three, two, one